Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 287 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Stephen Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Chief Bar Steward, Commander Psycho, Psycho Cow, otherwise known as Stephen Wolcott. Hello. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edelweiss, otherwise known as Stephen Moss Woodward. No, I'm Stephen. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan, otherwise known as Stephen Shan. Hello. And of course, we have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverain. That's Stephen Souverain. What up? Now, the reason is because we also have additional people joining us tonight uh, from Frontier himself. Stephen, 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 Stephen. That's uh, Stephen Benedetti. Hello. I'm absolutely loving this. <laughs> We're not boosting your ego at all. No, it's getting back right at the moment. <laughs> we have Players Are Friends Not Food, said by uh, Stephen Bruce Garidio, otherwise known as Gambit. Fantastic. We have uh, the man that makes lab coats fashionable, Stephen Dadstot. Good evening, although I will answer to Stephen. <laughs> and <laughs> we have the glue that holds the fleet carriers together. That's Stephen Luke Benetton. Or Betterton. <laughs> all right. How's it going? Okay. Uh, welcome all Frontier developers, and I apologize in advance and in past for mangling names. It's a tradition on this show. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wishes to join us live, we are hanging out in game in open uh, somewhere in leave. It'll probably be a bit difficult to miss, considering the massive ship that Shan has, has, has got us. Well, the universe is still being rebooted, so we'll be joining presently. Ah, so um, one... I blame Stephen. <laughs> you blame Stephen. Stephen stops. <laughs> we blame one of them. I was like, which Stephen was it? Who's done it now? <laughs> so, but if you can't get to us in game, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And on Twitch TV slash laveradio. So, as you may have gathered, we do have everybody here... Um, involved with the the fleet carrier launch which happened the beta launch which happened today so we'll just quickly go around everybody how's how's it all holding up uh steven <laughs> bruce dav and luke you you stressed at all well i'm currently just uh, having a wee look at to see what's going on and it looks like these servers will be coming up the downtime's just been extended by a wee bit so we're still working away i'm still working away but it's been fantastic it's really exciting to see everybody um get their hands on this for the first time Although it's a bit stressful, teeth and issues, obviously, like everything else. So it's been really fun. I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. The beat has been out for eight short hours and already we've had some amazing feedback from everybody who's taken the time to join in testing. So uh, thank you all. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I've been enjoying the feedback on the large and the insane numbers that no one has ever seen in game before. Is that insane numbers? Is that insane numbers as in the amount of credits that have just been spent? Yeah, it's it's far more than any other day. I think of any beta, probably. Do you, do you mean in terms of player count? Uh, no, in terms of credit spent. Oh, I see. Right, yeah. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, it is. Usually in the past, we've been able to get whatever they wanted tested for a couple of fish. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting mm-hmm. these to be five billion fish, actually. <laughs> we, we decided fish were a bad idea because that's a lot of fish. And we're just <laughs> a lot of fish. No, we, we were going to no, no. for days. <laughs> Even Life Station would so- struggle to sell us that many fish. <laughs> Steve no, just doesn't want to dance again. That's why. Well, he, he never stopped dancing, would he? Listen, I'm never going to dance again after I have that much fish. <laughs> well, um, as we have got you guys here, um, we have been asking the community and also uh, racking our brains to come up with some um, questions, which uh, have they've probably been asked already in your feedback, but. Um, We've got um, a whole load of compiled questions, which uh, we'd just like to run through with you. We've got you for about an hour. So we're going to try and extract as much information from you as possible in that hour. (laughs) Hopefully not too much. (laughs) Well, hopefully just, how should I put this? Clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not what everybody's doing just now? The guy has messaged me and asked me and said, you need to get a really uncomfortable chair and swing your light bulb for five minutes and nobody else get the memo. <laughs> you not got your Imperial Pro tried to have heads. <laughs> yep. I wonder where mine have gone. Oh, is, is this a case where we put them on the back of the sidewinder and give them the lotion and tell them to put the lotion on again? <laughs> <laughs> We've got the hose. <laughs> That's Ben's suggestion. <laughs> Anyway. Only if I can use the hose. <laughs> moving on before this, this degenerates. <laughs> I was about to say, so yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, we've, we've all got um, our, a set of questions that we'd like to ask. Uh, so what we'll do is I'll hand over to uh, Shan for uh, about five or six, then I'll take over and we'll go around. And uh, hopefully we might get to all 42 of them, ironically 42, uh, at the very end. Fingers crossed. So, Shan, do you want to just quickly kick us off then? Uh, yeah, there's a rumour going round that the five billion credit cost for a, a carrier was my fault. Now, my, my, the question is, how did you really decide on the five billion credit cost? I was going to say it's definitely not a rumour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, next next question, right? <laughs> 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 uh, it's going to be a five, short show. Five billion, so. yeah. <laughs> five billion is an interesting number. Uh, it's very, very difficult. So this is the the biggest single purchase anyone will have ever made in the history of the game. So there's nothing you can do. You can do benchmarks from, and uh, it's it's basically we just have to we have to look at the existing things. We have to look at you know the amount of income that players are generally getting we have to look at the players who we expect to be able to you know manage uh, something like a fleet carrier something that's a sort of a big and high end as a fleet carrier and and see what that sort of comes out at and even then like obviously we still need some feedback after that to uh, to figure out what's uh, what what the real numbers should be at the, at the end of the day yeah, yeah, and it's really important. This is a like like Luke said, it's a massive, it's a massive investment that's meant to make a big, massive change in the galaxy. So we had to have a number that kind of fit the purpose of what what we envision fleet carriers to do to to help and change and make this great fleet carrier. Um, that was it. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. The, the the next question, then, I guess this is kind of like the one on everyone's lips at the moment, is the upkeep mechanic has caused a fair amount of consternation amongst players. You know, people are saying, well, it's punishing players for not playing and all that sort of stuff. So can you put our minds at rest why they shouldn't be worried about the upkeep mechanic? Uh, yeah, I can dive in on this. Um, there's So the, the interesting thing was that when people heard about the fact there's an upkeep cost and it was a weekly upkeep cost, uh, obviously they were afraid, you know, if I, if I don't turn up for that week, what happens? But I think now that everyone's actually got their hands on their fleet carriers or if anyone's been able to actually dive into the, uh, the test today and, and get their hands on a fleet carrier, the big thing that was probably missing from that sort of, the, the big uh, part of the puzzle that was missing there was the, the fact there's a bank. You, you, you fill this up and it automatically gets deducted every week. It's a case of, it's not a case of, I have to turn up every week and play. It's a case of, I have all these credits, what should I do with them? Well, here's, here's a fleet carrier for you to basically do whatever you want with. And uh, that's that's where that those credits can go. And, and it's also important that you've got a lot of crew on your ship that, you know, they need to get paid and looked after. You don't want their family starving. That's just cruel. I do. I do. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to run your fleet carriers with like this empty void in space. <laughs> Well, I, I yeah. can change them just by clicking choose another one. So, you know, I don't really care about how much. I, I just I, I just want to keep the money. I don't want to. They'll unionize. This is the problem. You're, they'll, they'll all start talking to one another and you'll start looking for a new crew. And they'll oh, my say, carrier they aren't unionized. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> They're kept in separate departments. Yeah. <laughs> they'll never talk to each other. <laughs> You've got to remember that we feel so sorry for Shan's crewmen. We want to actually start a union for them. <laughs> yeah, we should get that together. <laughs> That'll be the higher cost. I don't feel sorry. So for equal that. rights for NPCs. <laughs> Shan's crewmen are billionaires than their own. Yeah, Shan's crewmen. I do not feel own sorry. Own a float of a float, a fleet of fleet carriers. A float, a fleet of fleet carriers. That's a good. That's a good. Okay, so go. So quickly, just go back on the thing. It's the expectation then is for the player not to have five billion credits, but to think, oh, I've. It's, this carrier is going to cost me seven half billion this year to look after. Therefore, I then need fourteen billion or whatever it is to put in the bank for that. Is that that kind of the thought behind that? Uh, a little, yeah. It's it's difficult at the moment because um, the, the numbers are uh, subject to change. Obviously, uh, this is a beta. We we still have to kind of figure out where fleet carriers really sit. You know, are they are they the right numbers for the the right players? That kind of thing. So. Um, I'm, I'm going to probably, every time you say a number, I'm probably going to just be like, yeah, it's subject to change. <laughs> um, and that's that's the purpose of the the whole two long sure. beta phases that we've got. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what's really, really important. It's what we've, we've kind of posted out today and we want people to be aware of that um, this is a beta we really, really appreciate and want everybody's feedback. And that's for both owners and visitors. They're just as important as one another to make these changes and make sure that fleet carriers can be the best, best version that they can be when they come out in June. And that's what's important is that we, every feedback of the, about the numbers and the, um, the, the way things kind of work together at the cool down time, we, we're listening to all of that feedback. Don't please we are on i've been on the forums all day looking at all all the threads and i've been looking at steam and uh bruce and i've been on social as well we are listening to what you guys are saying okay that's great because these are about the mechanic rather than the amounts but anyway so if i can just get my head around what um luke just said so is the there this is my, this is my, my head so please correct me if i'm wrong the the mechanic seems to be a bit like a credit card bill in that it just keeps accumulating, accumulating. 
And if you don't pay it off and you hit your credit limit, the bailiff comes around and takes the stuff away. It is that kind I know it's very crude and stuff like that, but it, have I got the wrong impression of this? Is it like a credit card bill that keeps building if I don't pay it? Or is there a, a way of um, cancelling it after a certain period of time? Okay, so uh, the debt mechanic, it, it's close to that, but we do give you some tools to help manage your carrier's balance. So we've already mentioned that you can transfer credits from your commander's balance to your carrier, but the carrier will also let you reserve a certain amount of that balance to go towards paying for your crew and upkeep on the carrier services. And when you set that reservation, the only thing that will spend that credit is the maintenance cycle. And likewise, if that wasn't sufficient or circumstances beyond your control mean that you can't go and top it up, then we will let you go into debt to a certain amount, not a huge amount, but a certain amount that will give you that safety net for until you can get back to the game. There are some other transactions that will essentially let you spend down your carrier's balance, like purchasing stock or some of the services. Uh, but those, are, if you've ring-fenced some credits, you cannot use those other transactions to go into debt. It was really designed as a safety net for unexpected circumstances to make sure that the game doesn't decommission a carrier when we re the owner really didn't want it to. It's worth mentioning that you're also able to deactivate any services you're not using if you know you're going to be away for a period of time, period of time so as to sort of reduce that ongoing cost while you're sort of not present in your carrier. Obviously, it will still be available to other people who are uh, online and around it, but um, it's, it's very manageable in that sense as well. Uh, it's also it's also the case that we don't necessarily expect every owner of a fleet carrier to have all services on at all times, um, or even just all of them. If if you do use the fleet carrier in such a way that you've tailored it to your playstyle, it might not be necessary to have every single feature um, on the go. So you won't necessarily be racking up the maximum amount of uh, maintenance fees at any given time. Yeah, and the debt thing hooks into that as well. So you can you can have a, a service installed. So say you've got you know outfitting a shipyard because you're loaded and you want you want to have everything available as as much as at the time as possible. But you know you're going to be offline for a bit, so you can you can turn off those services. But if you didn't know you were going to be offline, the debt mechanic gives you uh, it, it turns that on automatically. So all of those services that you've got that are like the the optional services that you've opted into paying uh, extra for, they go into their sort of uh, temporarily disabled mode, they're, they're suspended for a period of time, and that'll cost you less credits, which means that the running cost of your carrier when it hits that that zero credit mark in the, in the of the carrier's bank, that shouldn't be as a higher running cost after that point. Okay, because that kind of leads me on to the next question, and I'll, I'll change it a little bit from what was written down, but it's still the same thing, basically, was I, I noticed I couldn't restock my carrier unless the carrier was in a system that allowed me to restock, if you see what I mean. So if I, so, or even if my ship was in there, so if I was away, uh, I don't know, Beagle Point or something, and my carrier is in a lucrative location, how do I restock my carrier remotely when neither my carrier or my ship is anywhere near anywhere that allows to be restocked? Or am I just doing it wrong? <laughs> uh, so the idea of um, a fleet carrier is, is, is that you obviously need various services to be able to help maintain it. And uh, those services are located primarily in, in uh, uh, human populated space, like the, what we normally call the bubble or uh, the, the area around Colonia. 
Um, so essentially, if you want to restock any of those sorts of things, you're going to need to get them from someone who supplies it. And those are the locations that supply it. And unfortunately, that's just how the galaxy works. <laughs> okay, so that's a factor you need to take into account if you're going on a long trip, then really to make sure that your carrier can get back to somewhere where it can be restocked. And... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you Part of the thing with fleet carriers is that they need experienced pilots. You need to have, you need someone who at the helm who is figuring out where this thing's going to go and how this thing's also going to get back because it's you know entirely possible for this thing to jump 500 light years and if you'd never be able to return if you didn't have uh, uh, enough fuel to get back so we want part of the reason with the, the five billion credits that we were talking about earlier is to make sure that the people who are picking up fleet carriers and who are in control of fleet carriers are the people who are experienced enough to be able to do that sort of stuff yeah i mean you don't want someone like myself owning a fleet carrier who forgets to bring an srv to every bounty mission that i do I mean, that's just, untrust- that's just irresponsible and untrustworthy. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> okay, so I've nearly done my responses. I only two more questions. So another question that people are asking is, why decommission and delete the carrier rather than just moth- mothball it for reactivation at any time? So you know, the bailiffs come around saying, you haven't paid your bill, we can take the carrier off you. Why decommission it and not just mothball it? Because I think that was some people's concern over the mechanic. Shall I take this one, Luke? Yeah, dive in. This okay. is, I think this is your area. Yeah, so um, the biggest reason for this, uh, so first of all, is that when the bailiffs um, do come in for a, and decommission a carrier for various reasons, there is already an, a, a salvage value that the owner will get back, which is an amount of how much they paid for the carrier and the services and the stock within it and all of that, all of that good stuff. So it's not like all of their assets are just being deleted out of hand. The other reason why we are decommissioning and removing the carrier, well, uh, because the carriers are persistent elements in the game. These are much closer to the space stations and the movable megaships that you'll have seen in the galaxy than a commander in their ship. So uh, from the galaxy's point of view, if somebody is out in the black, then yes, it's possible that nobody will trip over a decommissioned fleet carrier. But in the bubble... um, you may have already seen this evening in the Daiso system, you can get quite a lot of fleet carries in a small amount of space. So we do need to make sure that the the active game only has the active fleet carries in it. Okay, and it wasn't possible just to make them not visible on the screen and so just basically flip a switch that says, don't show this. <laughs> where, where do the fleet carries go? They have to go somewhere, they're quite large creations. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, important that they're always consistent. They're quite a... They're a when you get a fleet carrier, it is there. It's in there for like solo mode and um, open. You know, it's there consistent. It's constantly there in the galaxy. So if you've just got this big, massive fleet carrier that's just orbiting a planet and it's taking up a space, this other person wants to use or travel to, and, and they can't because somebody's just just decided to ditch their carrier for a while. Um, it can really limit the freedom that the fleet carrier is meant to. Okay, so it's, it's it's for technical reasons, basically. There's always there's always a reason. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes we have to, you know, thread the needle a little bit to make sure that we get something that feels good and still, you know, hits all the technical limitations that Dav gives me. We're blaming Dav. Not for this one. A little bit. Okay, so how how are the prices controlled for the modules for commodity and stuff like that? Because what we've seen today is it's possible to set a really low minimum for a, an amount and potentially have a way of transferring expensive items 
quite cheaply to different different players. So I'm just kind of wondering how the whole pricing, top and tailing of the of the price bands uh, are handled. So they're they're currently based on um, galactic average because obviously every every uh, for every commodity we track a galactic average um, throughout the game, and that seems like a, a sort of sensible position. It's the reason we have that value is to to make guesses or calculations based on the the rough value of a commodity versus another commodity. Um, and there was a bit of a discussion. You know, do we do we let players just you know set one hundred percent of the galactic average, or do you want to let players be more generous? Uh, in which case, you know, how if you want to give away a whole bunch of stuff that you you picked up because your friends turned up and you know he's had some bad luck recently and you want to sell him a bunch of stuff that should be much more expensive, uh, would be much more expensive if he wasn't buying it from you, then yeah, we didn't. It, it felt sort of not very sensible or fun really to limit that just for a seemingly arbitrary reason. So we wanted to to bring that down. Currently, that's five percent, um, but we'll we'll keep an eye on that to make sure that there's no. There's nothing untoward happening as well. Okay, thank you for that. I think it's who's who's next. Is it uh, Colin next? I think is that it will it'll be me. But uh, Ben, you've got a a quick question to ask, have you? I did say uh, that I wasn't going to bother, but okay, I can do. Okay, Um, fair enough. No, I was um, because I said I wasn't going to bother. I've totally forgotten what it was now. In that case, in that case, I'll move on because they've oh, given me all the fuel questions. Oh, lovely! I wrote. I even wrote it down. Um, so it was to do with when Shan was talking about the fleet carriers jumping to re to get their restock and things like that. And I'm assuming that if I were out at Beagle Point, I could tell my fleet carrier to jump back to Deso. Go and do the grocery and then go out again or something like that, even if I was out at Beagle Point. Yes, that's right. Remote carrier um, management will let you command it remotely. Yeah. And you could do, a, I, mean, I can't remember exactly what you can't do from remote management, but it's pretty much everything. So uh, you should be able to, to basically have this thing and, and you can go away and never see it if you really want to. It's a strange thing to do, but you could. <laughs> but you could if you wanted. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's really important that you can do kind of what you want. It's that we want people to take fleet carriers and use them as they would. Like, um, for instance, you could get you guys could set up a live radio fleet carrier that every every time that you're having a show and everybody could come meet there and have your wacky shenanigans, or the fuel rats <laughs> could fill it up with titrium and other fuel commodities and things that they could they could use for it. It's very much your your fleet carriers. Oh, you've just reminded me something, Stephen. Right, I want you to say this after me three times. Okay, tritium. <laughs> Tritium. Tritium. <laughs> tritium. 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 I don't know why. I always think it's tritium. It's really not. And see when we were recording that pre-recorded live stream, which I think I- First times in a while we've done a we've done a reveal that was pre-recorded. It was obviously we we planned it. We tried to get it together. We we absolutely smashed it the first take. And I just I kept saying uh, tritium and it's tritium. And I kept saying tritium and look, kept giving me into trouble. And then the second time we went to do it, we needed like five takes at the start because I kept messing <laughs> it up again and again and again. The poor guys, they they got <laughs> bless them. They they were so patient oh. with me. It, it was noticeable. I think Luke wound up even saying tritium. And Dav just didn't say anything. So Dav I've heard a lot of other people say tritium as well. But the thing is, <laughs> Stephen doesn't always say it either of those two ways as well. It comes out all sorts of different ways. You say potato, I say path high or something. That must be a Glaswegian thing. That's it. 
having, having a little bit of trouble myself. So, <laughs> on the on the subject of um, tritium, ah, see, I got that one right. Yes. Uh, right. How common will it actually be? Because uh, in real life, it can is found in cosmic rays, can be made in nuclear reactors. Um, that seems to imply it's everywhere. Um, and I think I caught Malik's um, stream earlier today. It didn't seem as cheap as I was thinking. Uh, no, it's it's one of the more expensive uh, commodities that you don't find from uh, the, the core of a, an asteroid. Uh, you don't. So, yes, try to. Um, sorry. I'll, I'll correct it for you guys. Tritium. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm saying nothing. I might be seeing it right, and you guys are not seeing it wrong. <laughs> uh, tritium is normally found from radiation hitting uh, hydrogen. Mm -hmm. That's that's sort of where it naturally occurs. Uh, so obviously, solar radiation is a good source of that. Anytime it hits a loose hydrogen atom, that sort of thing, you'll, you'll, you'll find it there. You find it in extremely small quantities. Um, and finding it in extremely small quantities pretty much everywhere didn't really sound very fun. So we, we came up with some sci-fi to help you uh, locate this in a little bit more higher quantity. Um, obviously, you can find it on the surfaces of icy asteroids, which, you know, should be pretty high in hydrogen generally. Mm -hmm. um, and they're likely places that you're going to see solar radiation hitting it as well. It's probably one of my favorite things to add that when I uh, work in the game studio, walk in and actually see the people working with like physics and science and actually being really close to it. It's just amazing how they can take that and actually use it. It's really phenomenal. I think well, we have some think, uh, weirdest conversations. <laughs> yeah, I think you once showed me a graph and it was like this really weird graph. It's like, I was trying to explain how uh, this did this and I had to draw it out like this. And I'm like, oh, what is that? Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, there's a reason we have a couple of uh, scientists on the team. Yeah, <laughs> they are much, yeah. Um, I mean, in the video, we saw a uh, total capacity of a thousand tons. Um, people are assuming that you can store up to 25,000 tons of it. Um, can it be transferred to the hold, to the to the fuel tank? Is that a, a module to refine it that you need? So, not at the moment. Uh, at the moment, you, you you take the commodity and you donate it directly to the uh, the Tritium Depot, which is the right. service that we've, we've got for the person who manages the entering of, of Tritium into the actual fuel tank of the carrier. Um, but that's you know that's something that's an interesting sort of discussion point. I want to see what players think about that. All right. Um, yeah, so, sorry, can I just get a clarification on that? So, in people's mind, they thought, oh, okay, I can fill up hold twenty five thousand tons or whatever it is of tritium, mm -hmm. and then I can get to Colonia without leading to mine. So, if I, am I under right correct in understanding that at the moment they do the thousand light years? They then have to mine tritium and then do another thousand light years and donate it that way. Well, not quite. So yeah, you can you can grab the the tritium that you've stored up as the commodity uh, directly out of the cargo hold uh, of the oh, right. carrier and just deposit that into your uh, into your uh, <laughs> tritium depot. Tritium depot. Sorry, I'm gonna I'll get it right. Yay! <laughs> yes. What it was that happening. like? What, what was that? <laughs> uh, right. Um, obviously. Um, no, this this is this is a bit lighthearted. Um, I mean, how how will the uh, how will the carriers be refueled if they are out of fuel in deep space? In other words, how many fuel rats will be needed to refuel a carrier? Only <laughs> flying a cutter. <laughs> there you go. So we've made sure that um, 
uh, commander's ships, refineries can refine tritium if you find um, a spot to mine. Um, I think it's about 250 units of tritium per jump, which is an awful lot of tritium, don't get me wrong, but it is the sort of thing that we've made sure there's enough in the galaxy for people to be able to refine using the mining mechanic. Okay, so I'm going to... Sorry, Carl, jump in. <laughs> Go on then, Sean. <laughs> well, well, I'm not sure we've got a question about this, which is why I'm asking it. So with normal exploration, you can tell whether you have, you'll have fuel at the end of the jump or not, you know, the KGB foam thingy. Is there, will there be a way from the galaxy map to decide whether what you're jumping to will have tritium or not? Or is there a leap in the dark and you have to hope? Well, this is where it comes down and, to... Yeah, sorry, go on now. Dive into uh, this one. <laughs> okay, Please. so this is where we mentioned that long-distance journeys are, are aimed for people who are already experienced explorers. If I'm going out exploring in my Cobra Mark III, then I will be looking ahead for where's my next refueling point? How far can I get? Can I get back again? Or can I get to somewhere nearby when I get out there? It only takes a couple of jumps with a fleet carrier with a certain amount of, of mass in it in its hold to get a feel for its, its fuel consumption. So when we were designing it, we had in mind that the players commanding the fleet carriers would have that same level of planning in mind. Okay, but how would they know unless they got to the system that the there's tritium there? Because if you have yeah. four jumps worth, you need to you've then got say two jumps to try and find a tritium resource before you have to then come back and yes, right. but you don't have to have the fleet carrier in the same star system that the icy ring is in. Once you move the fleet carrier to it, you can then fly off in your ship and explore the surrounding area just as you would normally. Yes, it's, it's quite interesting that a lot of people have the discussion around the um, the jump the fleet carrier going somewhere, but it's a, it's an extra tool to your arsenal. That's the 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 really interesting thing is that you've not got just got your fleet carrier, you've now got your ship as well, and this big tool to use um, in addition to your fleet carrier. So you can still do all the same things that you'd normally do, um, but you can also use the fleet carrier obviously to get that wee bit further or get extra uh, armor, so extra ammunition and things like that. So I think in this case it is you could scout ahead and then bring your fleet carrier to your position if you found good deposits so absolutely you could do that yeah yeah and especially with a remote fleet carrier you could then jump them in close by because you're already there you go we've mm. got a, we've got a gold mine here or a, or a tetrium mine <laughs> um well you've gone and answered yeah. the uh, the next couple of questions that I've got, really. Um, the the main one I've got now is uh, how many fleet carriers are actually allowed in a system? People people have mentioned 256 as a kind of ha uh, hard limit, but is that around a single planet or is it in the system in total? It, it, it depends. So I suppose I'd better take this because I was most recently near the where do I put a fleet carrier code in the server logic. <laughs> I mean, I've never been near it, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> so it, the answer is it depends. Yes, there are some hard limits for the maximum number of fleet carriers that we can technically support in any one star system. Um, the game, obviously, from day one wasn't designed with this in mind, so we had to be, be careful for how much we could overload Stellarforge for any given star system. So we have to have an upper limit. But also, as a few players will have already pointed out on the issue tracker, um, you can't, we have to be a little bit careful about exactly where around a planet body we put a fleet carrier. 
um, fleet carriers take up space. They, they have a scene that is several hundred kilometers wide, and we need to make sure that fleet carriers have enough space for them to safely exist. And not all planets are the same size, or some orbit systems are more complicated than others. Um, so in fact, whilst I'm talking about it, this is one of those pieces of feedback that we're really um, valuing from the beta. Um, we have obviously spent a lot of time designing and testing for exactly how we're trying to maximize the number of fleet carriers that we can fit into a smaller space as possible. That way lies a cool game experience. It's some cool, some cool screenshots, but it's possible there may be a few um, edge cases which we just haven't found yet, which is one of the things that we've already got from the beta. So anyway, to answer your question, it, it depends on how big the planet is and what else is nearby and also how much space there is for a given orbit, like for existence. Right. For example, a, a planet that has moons, uh, that has moons. sometimes we can fit a carrier in between the planet and its moons. Other times there isn't space and it has to go on the outside of those moons orbit. So it really does vary. Right. Um, and the next one, of course, is can you orbit a black hole? <laughs> okay, put a, car uh, a carrier next to a black hole like the film, The Black Hole. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? So I've definitely tested my fleet carrier around a neutron star. I'm not sure I've visited a black hole yet, but I'm sure um, our valued testers will be giving that a try out on the beta test. As, as yeah, speak. and that's a good thing to ask. Like if, you're, if, you're, if you're a fleet carrier and you're in the beta, try and, uh, try and get it in a black hole, see what happens, and let us know. <laughs> Record it, video it, let us see what happens. Uh, right. Well, that, that's my questions for the moment. So I'm going to hand over to Suv. Cool. Okay. Uh, yes. Let's have a look. So uh, yeah, unless we weren't clear about this earlier, um, all of these questions are submitted by listeners, so uh, they don't necessarily come from us. Um, and as such, uh, elements of them might have been uh, might be duplicates of um, things that you've answered to questions previously. So um, if so, sorry about that. Um, but I'll just leap in. Um, so first is. Um, is real money trading uh, using carriers to launder cash and items, um, you know, sort of people using carriers as a, as a way to arbitrate cash transactions in real life, is that a concern? And, and is that part of the rest reticence to allow player-to-player -player commerce in Elite to date? Yes, uh, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern. There's, there's no way around the fact that if you give anyone any chance to... to trade something of value to another person in, in any video game ever, it's, it's a problem. Uh, people always find a way to do it as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Um, and that's something that we've, uh, we've spent a lot of effort, you know, considering it's not, um, it's not a minor uh, concern at all. Um, it's part of the reason that player to player trading is now kind of essentially finally been added to the game, but is, is behind a sort of an in-game progression. Uh, wall as well like you have to be able to to you have a, you have to have an account that's in credits um but we're going to keep a close eye on this and for, for basically the entire lifetime of elite fantastic okay yeah brilliant um right next one um the money making ability of carriers has been questioned by some players in your design and testing how easy was it given a savvy player base to make the upkeep fees uh, to make the upkeep fees back, so I, I guess this is this is a slight duplicate of the of the question earlier about about upkeep and affordability. But and, and I guess it can kind of be condensed down into like, um, you know, are they designed to be a credit sink for want of a better word, or uh, you know, do you envisage them being cash generative for any players? Uh, from my perspective, it's it's really dependent on the player. Um, like we wanted to make these things as flexible as possible. 
Um, and uh, part of what makes <laughs> fleet carriers quite difficult to balance in general is that we want to give these things uh, a purpose and like a, a sort of uh, a home in the galaxy that fits basically every play style. And that's a huge challenge. That's, that's a ridiculously big challenge. Um, so when we were testing this, we found that if you, if you've got some of our testers are really into trading, which makes sense. It's a huge part of the, of, of the elite universe and a huge part of elite dangerous specific, uh, specifically. Um, and we found that the traders generally, this was an interesting tool. It allowed them to do trading like at, at capacities or at, at numbers that they'd never been able to do before. Um, but it wasn't really, it's not something that I would expect you to, to turn a profit on. You know, they don't, you don't buy these things and they don't turn into uh, a sort of a, a cash cow that you just leave in a, in a location. And they generate money for you. Like there's this sort of reason to turn up and play the game. They're not going to essentially play the game for you. Um, but they allowed you to do more interesting things than we've ever allowed you to do in the game before. And we wanted to open up all that sort of stuff. Um, so the idea really is for, for fleet carriers to be in a position where you might not necessarily turn a profit on your own fleet carrier, but you shouldn't really be struggling. If you're, if you're able to accrue 5 billion credits, we don't want you to get into a position where you're struggling to pay for the upkeep costs. It should be, you know, there's a little bit of management to this that, that you haven't had in Elite before. Um, if you're a trader, for example, though, you might find a niche that just really suits your carrier. You might actually be able to turn these carriers into things that are really interesting, you know, uh, management tools that, that add a layer of complexity to the, the, the trading sort of aspect of Elite that we've never had so far. And I'm really interested to see what players find and how players use the tools that we've given them to, to turn a profit on, on these things if they can. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I've, I've some friends of mine who the, the friends who are eligible to buy them have been exchanging ideas for how they're going to um, make them pay or or um, you know what they're going to be organising yeah, with. Okay. And it's been it's been super cool hearing the ideas actually. Um, cool. Okay. So sorry. next one. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, why <laughs> this will be um, Stephen will be will uh, grown at this one slightly. I'm sure from his day <laughs> on the forums. Um, why is there? Can you explain the decision, but behind not including a universal cartographics on the carrier when so much of the other features are, are essentially station services that you've ported over? Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm not growing. Anymore, <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for the moment to, to grow. <laughs> um, it's a tricky one. Um, there's always okay. like there's a cost with developing everything, right? So, sorry, Dave, did you want to? Uh, yeah, well, you were about to start making the same point I was, that there is a cost for developing everything. And one of the reasons that we wanted to release fleet carriers as quickly as we could for, for feedback is just to see what players' uh, feedback was going to be. And I would say that we hear loud and clear that you wanted some way of engaging more directly with exploration rather than it being a indirect support to aid in exploration. I, I would say we definitely have nothing to announce today or no plans to talk about but we definitely hear the feedback that your that players are very much interested in a more direct exploration experience cool I think that's um, anything you want to add to that luke that's pretty much what i would say word for word it's um it's definitely like the feedback thing is is, is a constant like please keep talking to us please keep saying what you like what you don't like uh what you think you could we, we could try and add yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to do with carriers what tools would you like to help with your carriers to help you do those things. Ooh, that's exciting. 
<laughs> thinking caps on, right? Okay. <laughs> promising yeah, nothing, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, even you know, if you think it should be tritium or tetrium, whatever you want to do, whatever you want, you can have a, you can start a poll about that, and we'll we'll listen to your feedback. That's exactly what that whole. Thing is about. Uh, Surely we should go with the scientific definition of what that is. Ah, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah, who says who says we should do that? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, second part of the same question. Um, why not include the ability to set up a material trader? Does that come under the response you just given? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, so there you go, listeners. If you desperately want a material trader, um, hop onto the forums and politely and respectfully let the devs know. Um, so why? What have you got in mind to do with a mobile material trader that you can't do with the existing ones? Yeah, if there's, if there's a, a specific use case that you're thinking of, then maybe there's a better way that we can go about it. That you know, well, for example, I could park it. For it. Well, for example, I could park it outside an engineer's base with a materials trader, put a slight premium on materials, and save people scooting around the galaxy trying to find materials traders. That's the sort of use I would. No, you premium wouldn't put a slight premium on it. Yeah. <laughs> you would definitely put like a high premium on that. I can imagine this. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Um, right. So ship limits on the carrier. Can more than six, the question is verbatim, can more than 16 ships be docked at a carrier at one time? What happens if a player quits the game while stick, still docked at someone else's carrier? So I, I guess like a, a slightly broader kind of, you know, what are the player limits on car carriers? And if they're, if they're all docked, are they, you know, are they indefinite? All that sort of thing. There aren't any. Um, so yes, as many. It, if you think of them like the same way as you would a starport, as many people can dock at a starport as there are people to dock at that starport. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I actually don't know how that works. Presumably, can can um, when players dock at a starport, when they when they enter the hangar, do they affect? Do they effectively disappear and then let some, let somebody else take the pad, or is the pad? Um, the only way I can answer that more fully is to dive off into how the multiplayer networking works in Elite. But if you assume that there are as many instances of that starport as we need to support the number of players visiting it, that will tell you how the in-game representation of those of those ships at that position in space work. And so it is with fleet carriers. If um, the one instance of a fleet carrier has got the maximum number of players in it and somebody else wishes to visit, they would automatically start up a new instance of that fleet carrier. And then you could all dock at it like you would at the moment. Then if you log out whilst docked at somebody else's carrier, somebody else is free to move that carrier as, as they see fit, move it around, change the services available, that sort of thing. Brilliant. Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, cool, okay. Uh, can an owner see who has docked what ship on their carrier and evict them if desired? Uh, so, real quickly, I've just adjusted my microphone. How's that sounding? Much better, very clear. I think it's a tough question anyway. I've dived in for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to be a part I've of got that. nothing to say. <laughs> so, I want to say it really clearly. So, no, not present, we don't. Um, because one of the biggest reasons for that is one of control. If you've got as many commanders as you might imagine docking at a carrier, how would you select each individual one? Why would you want to evict them? Um, one of the design decisions that we've made is that um, other players essentially shopping at your carrier do not take up space within your carrier because there's not really any sensible way to control that. You might be trying to build up stock, and if five dozen other people go and park their um, federal corvettes, using up space on that wouldn't necessarily be a great compelling experience so yes it's not super 
immersion realistic, but it means that rather than wanting to evict somebody, we hope we've designed it in such a way that you would never need to. Cool. Okay. Surely good. Um, right. Moving on. Uh, what measures are in place to prevent a carrier jumping in and spiking the BGS into a sudden change by, for example, selling 25,000 of a commodity? <laughs> <laughs> sort of my microphone out, but uh, you know, this is a, this is another daft one. <laughs> <laughs> Your microphone's lovely. <laughs> yeah, you sound brilliant, look. Oh, oh, and he's back. That was, was that me? I can't hear Dav at the moment. No, nope, the joys of UDP networking on the internet. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so um, who's who's going? It was <laughs> going to try that one question again. Sure, yeah. The, the, the question was uh, verbatim: It's what measures are in place to prevent a carrier jumping in and spiking the BGS into a sudden change by, for example, uh, yeah, selling twenty five thousand. Back in that question. Okay, so first, this is uh, there's kind of two parts to the answer for this. The first is, as Luke has already mentioned, we've we've really intended fleet carriers to be a supporting tool for people who are already trying to do something within the game. So if, for example, somebody wishes to buy 25,000 units of a single commodity, transfer it to another star system and then sell it, that seems like a very, very strong use for commodity trading in the fleet carrier to me. So that's that, that's kind of almost a by design mechanic for, for supporting the action that a player wants to do that is already an in-game action. Yeah. The, the faction simulation itself already has, let's use the phrase, diminishing returns for excessively strong actions. And I've talked about this in, on other live streams already. So if 25,000 um, players all try and do a thing, then that's a really, really strong action for that thing. And whilst the faction simulation will do its best to respect that, if somebody else is trying to do an even stronger action, then we try and then we will diminish those returns based on certain design in, in instincts. So it's not that dissimilar to doing shuttle runs in a Type Nine. It wouldn't take that many runs in a Type Nine to move twenty five thousand units of a commodity. So doing the same thing in a single jump with a carrier is, is more or less the same thing. It's not that uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Um, and uh, final one from me, and this is genuinely from me. Um, I was docking at one earlier, and I didn't notice any spinning bits. Um, so presumably, there's no sort of uh, there's no sort of gravity. Um, but in the hangar bays, there are boxes stacked up. Um, <laughs> my, when I told my mates this, they were like, "Oh, you're such a twat." Um, but uh, but. I but I'll ask it regardless. Do carriers have? Have you just introduced artificial gravity? Are there are there magnets on the bottom of the boxes? Like, what's what? What was the design thinking behind that? It's not a design one. It's not one. That one. I <laughs> assumed that the artists had just used Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> cool. Uh, brilliant. Thanks very much. I think I'm probably moving on to. Ben now, aren't I? Yeah. Um, I'll just point out, guys, that we've got about 10 minutes. So, um, Ben, if if we can speed it up and see if we can get... Because we're only through 20 out of 42. No, <laughs> we, we, can, we, we can lock the doors. I, I did discuss with the guys. Yeah. I said that if they didn't mind that you kept calling them Steve and we wouldn't mind sticking around for a wee bit longer just to help you out with some questions because it's really important for us to... Obviously, the community has got a lot of questions. Um 
and and we want to make sure that we address them um, and make sure that we're here to to show to have an open communication with you guys and everybody here as well. So we're happy to stay on for a wee bit longer to help Stop and try and you. get as many questions as we can. <laughs> That's kind. We'll try and we'll try and whittle out any duplicates to respect your time because because equally we know that you've been doing the rounds on on live streams and tw- on, on streams and stuff quite a lot this week. So oh, yeah. must be getting quite tired. This is day one of uh, a long period of time, I think. <laughs> what has been like? It's been like the past like three weeks. He hasn't. He hasn't been to sleep. <laughs> uh, how much... in, in, the, in the name of getting on with it, yes. are, are there going to be any squadron functionalities potentially being added in? And I think I know the answer to this. It's going to be please ask on the forums. Um, for example, guild banks, the ability for a squadron maybe to donate to Shan's carrier and and things like that. I suspect the answer to that is ask on the forums. Uh yeah, pretty much. The uh, if if you want if there's a if there's a really compelling use case for for squadron specific stuff and the tools we have given you just aren't fulfilling that that requirement with fleet carriers, then uh definitely ask that. I can't promise anything of course, but uh it's it's worth asking. It's worth putting us putting it on our radar. Right. And Something I know you said we can't do rare goods trading, but let's say I had a cargo hold full of mugs in my cutter. Would I be able <laughs> to transfer them to my storage? Like for some reason you have a cargo hold of mugs on your cutter. Who doesn't have a cargo hold full of mugs? <laughs> I had once. Have, have you heard of Operation Hot Mess? And I know you <laughs> I, had, I had they have extremely impressive numbers right now. Um, and do. it's something to watch. If you haven't already, because it is getting very close. Yeah. Exciting times, as they say. Yes. I'm really interested in... Oh, sorry, Luke, you, you answer that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's is, somewhere between me and Darren. Half an hour. Yeah, sorry. There's two reasons. There's the, first of all, there's, there's a design intent here. Rare goods yeah. are servicing a very specific section of a commander's individual progression for for many people they are a a very efficient way of getting a lot of credits and seeing a lot of the galaxy in the small and medium ships that's they have such a very high profit margin on them that um and they have a per commander uh what's the word i'm looking for a quota for want of a better word mm-hmm. um so fleet carriers um have very very large cargo holds and rare goods are by their nature in small quantities so we weren't sure there's a particularly good use case there and also there are some technical issues that made it very difficult to implement so for the moment they just not support it but there's one quite one really interesting thing is is like say if it was in your fleet carrier and um you did did, did the whole uh flossy technique and jettisoned some out and somebody collected them you could get everybody to bring their their uh their mugs with you and, and come into your carrier with you <laughs> Oh, that, I'm sorry. I'm just picturing us now at the Hutton Truckers filling up, at, like cutters full of mugs onto a tr- onto a trucker ship, and then jumping somewhere with God knows how many bazillion mugs in that one on that one fleet carrier. Just don't smash them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you've also answered the next question to that as well. So that's awesome. Um, what about if we can we st- can we store engineered modules on the fleet carrier? Sure. So if you've got the outfitting service enabled, then as part of that, each individual commander can access their stored modules as they could as um, any other outfitting service in the game, be it engineered or or not. 
and that's probably the most awkward one out of this batch, is, is the fleet carrier 100% maintained by its owner? So, for example, I'm at the shenanigans just now. If I go off and refuel, is that refueling coming out of Shan's account, as it were? Better not be. Shan, is he required to restock commodities, modules, things like that, put money in to fund, you know, I go a hand in bounties to see, is Shan paying for my bounty hunting? Um, uh, it's how? sort of. It, it on service. Depends on the So service. some of the services provide their own, um, they, they sort of have their own funds that are tucked away away from the owner of the carrier and um, away from the, the visitor at the carrier who's using the service. Um, but essentially, as the fleet carrier owner, you, you're sort of, uh, you're taking a cut of all of the of, of their potential mm. profits, the, 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 the person who's providing the service. So this the main one for this is voucher, uh, voucher redemption. So I think the current values are you get 15% as the carrier owner of anything that's handed in via voucher redemption on your service. Um, and then 15% uh, is the cut that the service takes. But the, the 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 primary sort of funding will come from the service itself, and they'll handle that all for you. Yeah, and refueling um, and yeah. restocking works in a similar way. What that paying to support that service goes a long way to paying the NPCs to make sure that it's all stocked and refined, ready for commanders to shop at your vessel. Right, and kind of a follow-on for that. Do the, I'm flying around Shan's ship just now, and there's loads of NPCs landing and everything like that. Do they also contribute to the economy of the ship? Or is that just pure, wow, this looks pretty and this adding life to it, but all actual, all the economy is actually done by players? Yeah, we wanted these to be, these things to be really uh, player-focused. So, um, you know, NPC ships are part of the galaxy and the makeup of, of the universe. It felt weird to have a, a location that was completely void of, of, all, um, of all sort of non-player ships. Um, so they they at the moment they they will turn up and they'll they'll sort of pretend to use your ship for lack of a better word. I'm sorry if that's breaking anyone's emotion or anything, but <laughs> no, they they look cool. Like it's it's nice to see you've got system authority vessels doing their thing around it. They'll you know keep an eye on any. Oh, I, I saw the type six and things like that coming in. It does, and they follow yeah. the same traffic rules as other scenes of interest. So if nothing mm. else, um, it sometimes gives the um, the. Um, the carrier's gun, something to aim at. <laughs> they they just aimed at me for landing on, or for flying a little bit too low over some of Shan's docking bays, I think it was. I think Shan's told them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, I think I'm tagging back to Sue for the next batch. You are. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, Right. Surprisingly uh, enough, you've got potential abuse. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into the category called potential abuse. Uh, if Ben or Colin, this sounds like it's originated from the team, so sorry about this in advance. Um, <laughs> if Ben or Colin docks at Shan's carrier, Shan then does 6,000 light years in, in his carrier before Ben or Colin log out again. If they have no fuel scoop on their ship, how do they get back other than self-destruction? Smiley That's face. unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the smiley face. Yeah, I've got the yeah you gotta, you got to be careful. I'm really enjoying it. Tough titties, really. <laughs> tough titty. Um, I've noticed Shan's uh, taking us on a jump to Jackson's lighthouse. 
I'm really enjoying how much of the implementation of this is well, they'd better not they'd better not make stupid decisions then. <laughs> like it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's cool. um, it's good. Please on, on a keep serious it like note, that. Yeah, on a serious note about that, um, it's the first time that we've attempted anything like this where you know you you've essentially you're putting a lot of your faith in other players. So um, that has that's a double edged sword. Uh, you've got the ability now to sort of coordinate between you, uh, you, you yourself, your squadron, your friends, or, you know, your wing, um, in in ways that you've never had the ability to do before, um, and with tools that are essentially quite open ended. Um, but at the same time, you've also got the ability to really give someone a headache. Um, <laughs> to, to be quite quite gentle about it, you could you could be quite a nightmare. If you, um, and we're going to be keeping a close eye on that. Because we we like the idea. I mean, I personally I love the idea of, of more sort of player driven interaction. I think that's a a really really good thing about fleet carriers, like you said. Um, and we want to keep it like that, but we need to make sure that you the players aren't really abusing other players to the point that it's just not fun. You know, we don't want you to to ruin someone else's experience for their entire career of elite. I feel like we could get some like really cool slogans and stuff like that. Like, don't be a fool. Uh, that, that didn't really work. I was going to say, like, trust, only trust those to stay at a fleet carrier or something like that. You could make some really good, could do really bad things to people to teach them a lesson. That's probably not good. I probably shouldn't promote that kind of use of fleet carrier. But, you know, teach Community them a manager? That's it. Uh, this Thursday, we will be having a, a 7 p.m. fleet carrier for the community one that we're going to go live in the game. Everybody come and join. I'm not going to sit and jump you 500 light years somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Trolled by the CM. Excellent. <laughs> However tempting it might be, you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, uh, let's move on. If, uh, if oh God, is another bloody channel. Any chance just to go for these questions? Yeah, completely. Um, if Ben or Colin dock at Shan's carrier, which then does a jump beyond the range of their FSD... <laughs> Then Shan denies them access or jumps away using a longer range ship. How do Ben or Colin get? Back? They put their thumbs out. The cat. They put their thumbs yeah. out. I think see the answer to the previous question. Is yes. probably... Try yeah, Ben or Colin don't dock on Shan's carrier. Just don't do it. Yeah, I think that's the common sort of problem at the moment. Shan's carrier, right? That seems to be the common denominator. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon there's a server-side fix there. Just delete it. <laughs> the servers can fix Shan. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, does the carrier fine or give bounties on its owner if they do something uh, illegal? Um, oh, for God's sake. For example, ram Ben or shoot a Colin. <laughs> So, Chan, no, you were right. You do whatever you want. <laughs> you, you your carrier. Carrier. Why would your carrier go against you? But am I right in thinking that the carrier doesn't have its own law enforcement? It just borrows the, that of whichever system it's in. It's close. So, I see that was some heavy heavy breathing from our designer. So, it's close. Fleet carriers have a small set of um, crime responses that they will do. Like, for instance, if you shoot at them, they will shoot back and with bigger guns. But likewise, they are an extension of the commander that, that owns them. So they they don't have a jurisdiction themselves, but they have a, a policed perimeter of that jurisdiction from the faction who controls the system they're visiting. I think Luke can probably explain yeah. it better than me. So the way that I've, I've sort of been, been explaining this to other people who are 
quite confused about it initially because we can get very technical with this and it's very difficult to follow. Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense to me and, and, and Dav, but for, for people who aren't as familiar with the underlying systems, it's very difficult to follow. You should um, have seen me the think of it. We spoke about this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there's a nightmare. Anyway, um, the, think of it more like um, the, you know, when you're, you're into, in sort of international um, uh, area, you're into a kind of an international law area when you go past the, the border at an airport. That's yeah. essentially like the docking and undocking of your carrier. So everything that happens on the carrier, there's there's no laws to stop you doing anything on that carrier. But the moment you undock, you enter the the jurisdiction of the the local authority. Um, the carrier doesn't care. It, it doesn't. It won't help the local authority unless it's done something to the the carrier itself. Um, but the system authority vessels will try and scan you. The moment you enter their jurisdiction off that carrier, they'll try and scan you to make sure that you're not carrying anything that you shouldn't be carrying. Um, yeah. Okay. The yeah, so that that you can you can kind of um, figure it out from from that sort of that comparison. I think most yeah, of it after sense. that point is quite intuitive. It's like a, it's like it operates a bit like an embassy, then. Yes, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, the moment you leave that door, <laughs> <laughs> fair game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from Carl Wilshire, if you as the owner disabled the fleet carrier services on a Wednesday night before the servitic, would you pay the higher or lower maintenance fee for that week? Or would it be proportional to the days the service was enabled? <laughs> you can have a go. We don't know. <laughs> no, we do. It's um, for, I would like you to try it. <laughs> right, okay. I want, I want you to see if you can break it, but I'm pretty certain that uh, we, we wrote the code so that you, you pay exactly what you use. Cool. So okay. there's, a, there's a test case there for, for people. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I've got a, I've got a couple of uh, quick power play questions. Um, uh, the there's, they're going to be very very quick. Um, would it be possible to set the carrier access to a power play power? You know, uh, pilots of of the same uh, power play power. So the short it's answer really... at the moment is no, not a present. Right. Not at present. Um, also, I, I take it that is one of the things people would like. You'd like feedback on that on the forum. Oh, yes, please. That's yes. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And for us, power plays is very much directed PvP experience. Um, mm -hmm. It's to do with very much direct interaction with, with players. So we're curious to see how people could use fleet carriers to support that particular set of gameplay. Yeah. Uh, the other question is, of course, um, can power play vouchers, you know, the, the bounties that you get for... Um, <clears throat> interfering in other powers, can that be handed in at a, a carrier? Uh, again, no. And for the, um, not only be, just because we, we, we didn't think there was a, a compelling case for it when we were designing it, but also there are technical curiosities about that. How, which, which contact would that be rep, rep, representing? My goodness, representing... <laughs> <laughs> and what action would that would that be taking? Uh, because the power play contact is a relatively complicated um, feature of the game because it depends on what actions are valid in that system at that time by that commander at that place. So quite how that would be represented for uh, for a fleet carrier, again, is something we'd be interested to hear answers about, um, sorry, some ideas about. Right. Okay. But, um, I think it's Ben next, isn't it? It is indeed, and we're on to the beta and testing stuff and things like that. So, can you say how long this testing period is going to be, as well as the one in May? Stephen, dive in. This is your Hi. chance. Hi, this is me. I've got something to contribute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so as we stated on the forums, 
the uh, beta will be on until the 20th um, of April. Um, and then obviously we're oh, going to take a wee bit. Uh, um, <laughs> I, was, I was just checking it. That's the right month, isn't it? Um, in April. Um, so fr- from that, obviously, we'll be there to the 20th of April, um, and that will be beta one, and that will be obviously PC only. The second beta will be coming out will be for consoles, uh, PS4, Xbox, and uh, for the um, for PCs. PC. As well, sorry, that's what that's what I totally went from my mind. Um, and we've not got a designated date of set up that set up yet but obviously we're gonna have a wee bit of time between just to make sure that we can get all that feedback make some changes make some updates for the for the next uh beta um probably should be beta two and then obviously we'll be releasing fleet carriers in june so hopefully it'll be a couple of weeks after and again we're hoping to give about two weeks roughly but as soon as we get the exact dates we are let you know we'll scream it from the rooftops well i, I, <laughs> I can't do that in the house uh, and the company won't let me i feel like i'm really feeling this rooftop thing we've just... got internet rooftops do you, do you have a handy church tower you can climb up or something? I, no, I, I don't. And the problem is, I live in a barns, like in a barn conversion thing. So <laughs> I'm scared to go up in the roof because, like, I don't know what I'm going to find. When you, exactly. That's every time I see it, I'm like, you born in a barn. I don't have any doors down here, anyway. <laughs> um, the other thing about the duration of the beaters is that should that is is something that we're quite happy with. Like, internally, the, like it's not just a case of showing them off. Like, this is really, really heavily focused on getting feedback. And we're going to get a lot of it. And we know we're going to get a lot of it because it's aimed at the very top end of our players. So we're going to get really good feedback. We're going to get a lot of it. And we're going to get a lot of time to process that and, and see what we can do with it. Yeah. And I think you vaguely answered the next part is, do you think there's going to be enough time for significant changes between the betas and release? Or <laughs> Depends you on your definition it's... of significant. Yeah. <laughs> For certain definitions of well, let's say for sake of argument, you guys decide let's go off and add power play function. No, let's power, maybe power play might be awkward, but let's add exploration. Yeah, let's add exploration. If you decided today, let's add exploration. Do you think that would be enough time to to have it in for June? Honestly, it's impossible to tell you. I would love to, to say exactly what we could do and we can't do, but with everything that we try, there's there's a with anything in any. Game development. There is there's Any a lot of to and fro. Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of back and forth, right? You you've got to go and investigate with the various departments. You've got to make sure that all of the things can talk to each other and all that sort of stuff. It's it's a long. It was. I wish it was a short process. It is a difficult job. And whilst you have got Luke, Stephen, and Bruce and I talking about it, there is a, a large group of very talented developers behind us who I'm sure would question our every decision if we were to announce a new feature tonight that mm-hmm. they said, oh, but if only they'd known this, we couldn't possibly deliver it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the many reasons why we are being, we're not trying to be cagey, we're just trying to be realistic about what we think we can change during the beach and what we can't. But yeah, give us all the feedback, give us all of the options, and then we'll, we promise we'll consider it. Speaking as a developer, I've spent the past week learning how to zip and unzip things. Apparently, my zipping in Python works fine, and it passed all the unit tests. It squirts it over, and my zipping in Java is fine, and it passed all the unit tests. But will the two of them talk? Will they heckers like? And so, I think what's, what's really, what's really did you exciting. just problem solve? <laughs> did you just that's amazing. That, that sorted it all sorted. I think it's I think it's really important to, to remember as well is that Elite Dangerous is not going to be um, 
we're not doing these two betas and then never taking any feedback after yeah. uh, we constantly this game's been you know for five years now we're we're um we're continuing on with the game we've, we've got the new era coming um towards the end of the year uh, we're going to announce that as as we've stated publicly already anyway this is not the end for fleet carriers so Stephen, tell us about the new era um <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> no, I, can't uh, I, I, I will tell you at the end of the year. That's the exciting thing. Towards the end of the year, like, we don't want to give you the the all joy straight away. I mean, you you need to you need to build up that. I'm joking. So yeah. So the important thing is that that from that is that when these things are done, there's there's so many things that I'm sure that Luke has wanted to do with fleet carriers and Dav's wanted to do with fleet carriers. But it's really important is that it's a it's an iterative process. It's a process of bringing people together to try and figure out what's best, and especially for a game like Elite Dangerous, which is is so vast and massive um massive uh, i don't know why i said that twice now. um but uh, it's that's how massive it is but it's that idea that you know once we um once we get to so i was reading the chat there and i've just got orange spark going stephen please you can trust this this stream secret <laughs> <laughs> just totally too lost. Nobody listens to that. So yeah, so it's really important that um, once the beta's are done, obviously we'll do what we can to, to fix any issues and make any changes and and developments. Um, but we're always always happy to get feedback, and we're always happy to get um, the the players to uh, communicate with us what they, their thoughts and feelings are. Um, and I think one of the things that we actually left out the patch notes and totally forgot about was the um, CQC queuing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. And that's one of the things, like, we all want to make this game the best it can be. Sometimes it takes a bit of time. Game development's really tricky to add stuff and take stuff away. Um, so it's really important um, that we try and do add what we can and when we can. Yeah. Like, so, um, sorry, sorry, we derailed that a little bit. This was going to lead in nicely to the next question, but as all of us have been doing... Um, <laughs> Yeah, a bit of theory crafting ourselves and things like that. And I think my ultimate decision was, oh my God, Luke has got a hard job. So thank you, Luke. We appreciate you. Are you saying that? It's not just me as well. Yes. All design, designers in general have a hard job. Every, yeah. Everyone's got hard Especially anyway. with fleet carriers as well. It's like there's, there's, we've been talking about fleet, fleet carriers for some time. So yep. there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of, uh, chances for people to sit and think about what they would prefer their fleet carrier to, to be able to do. Um, and this is very difficult to make everyone happy, but we're going to do our best. So I was going to say, could you explain any of any of your job basically about the iterative design pro processes behind fleet carriers? Oh my God. Every, so every time <laughs> someone asks me, what do I do at work? I, I've, I've, I really struggle. I spend uh, every, every day being incredibly busy. And at the end of the day, I can't really tell you what I've done. <laughs> Uh, it's, there's a lot of talking, a lot of um, back and forth between different people, different departments, um, figuring out you know how things feel, talking to the appropriate people to make sure they do feel good, to make sure they're in the right area, make sure that these numbers are sort of lining up, and obviously some time to do some number tweaking. I think in in this beta at the moment, um, but yeah, it's it's I very very always struggle to tell you exactly what my job is really. From our point of view as developers, it's uh, here's a spreadsheet full of numbers. These are the technical limitations. Now go and make it fun, please. <laughs> oh, yes. 17% more fun. <laughs> very difficult. Yeah, down, down to percentages. <laughs> so basically, by spreadsheets, you mean we start with E. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Moving on. Where is uh, Colin going to go with this? <laughs> no. Um, right. Um, I think, Shan, you've got a couple of gameplay questions. Yeah, just a couple of quick ones, really. So, um, what additional gameplay do you guys hope carriers will bring to the game? And there's a couple of examples that were cited of the Galactic Mapping Project. Uh, they plan to spread carriers throughout the galaxy to act as sort of hubs. And the other ones that some people are thinking about using the player-based economy to let them act as mercenaries and then get paid for their services. So when you were designing these things, what sort of additional stuff do you have in mind that players could get up to other than the stranding Ben and Colin on the other side of the universe? That was the main one. <laughs> oh, it is so nice to be thought of in such a way. <laughs> the, the Galactic Mapping Project, uh, that sounds really interesting. And that's one of those things that, I mean, there, there are so many different ways that you could have potentially used the tools. And the Galactic Mapping Project sounds like an incredible way that, I mean, I, in my wildest dreams, I would have thought people might do this. And it turns out they are. It's, it's been one day of beta and that's already at the plan. Like, that's really, really cool. Um, in terms of what we wanted to deliver, uh, fleet carriers are basically a tool. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tool for players who've essentially mastered the rest of the game to uh, to, to, to grab and to, like, just basically run off with into the galaxy and, and kind of play with it as the sandbox that it really is. You know, what can you do? What can you do with, with other players? Um, how can you, like one of your examples here is um, acting as mercenaries to get paid for their services. Like at this point, as a fleet carrier owner, you could reasonably uh, use that to uh, to to pay people to do things that you would otherwise never have the option to to, to pay them to do, be it pleasant things or unpleasant things. The the options here for actual sort of um, player to player interaction are are enormous, and just generally playing around more in the galaxy that we've created is is the main goal of fleet carriers. If I had to choose only one... Also, they want to feel cool. Like, I want, I want to feel really cool. Yeah. If I had to Sorry, choose only one thing that... Uh, one, one way of amplifying a gameplay mechanic, I'm really loving what people are coming up with with the um, the player-driven black market and smuggling mechanics. You can have some real... I think Ooh. some players are having mm. some really good fun with that. Uh, personally, I'd love to see player-run pirate bases. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that would be that would be really cool. Um, we'll see if we can get them to to a state where that seems reasonable. Okay, and the last one of my questions before we move on to the Collins is: um, so, how does this update uh, enhance the play for those who are not able or aren't interested in purchasing a carrier? So, what does it add to the ninety nine point nine nine percent of the game? <laughs> those who are not Shan. <laughs> so the the example from the previous question is a really good one here. Um, if you uh, if if you are not someone who could afford a fleet carrier, for example, if you're um, you're the the aforementioned mercenary, uh, I imagine as a as a fleet carrier owner, you would like to pay those sorts of people to do various nefarious deeds for you, or to go and smuggle X Y Z from your carrier to the nearby starport in order to overthrow the government who's in control there like and th those are all the sorts of things that i'm really hoping that we can we can sort to we can, we can add to the game um fleet carriers are not just for the people who own them even though there is some very fancy stuff and that's 
that's sort of sensible. If you've accrued five billion credits and the and the additional credits required to maintain the carrier, then you should probably have something as a reward for that. And that's the fleet carrier sort of management aspect. That's an additional layer to the game. But for everyone else, these are these are hubs where you can go that get additional gameplay loops that we've not even been able to think of yet are suddenly available to you, and they're all player driven. Okay, over to Colin. I. Okay, well, we're we're on the final stretch. You'll be pleased to hear. Um, <laughs> and I've just got um, some quick miscellaneous questions that we can just take off quite quickly. So if it's just a quick yes or no answer, just feel free to say say so. Um, we got uh, will the, in the future is there some way for the support ships which are taken from previous videos? Will they make an appearance, even just as sort of window dressing? Uh, support ships. I don't think at the moment we've got any plans to bring them back. Unfortunately, I'd love to give you a, a nicer answer. Um, but what we did instead of the support support ships, I think, is overall has been a, an improvement. Um, yeah. But there isn't any 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 plans to bring them back at this time. Um, okay. Uh, is the Drake carrier, or the Drake model of carrier, is that the only one, or the, is there an Imperial version, an Alliance version, a Federation version of it? <laughs> Uh, there are different uh, models, uh, but we'll go into the livery options probably a little bit later on. Aha! Right. Um, <laughs> can this, this this sounds like a shine question. Can the carrier owner disable the use of docking computers for their carrier? Why would you like uh, that? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> because basically, it's a shine thing to do. It's a shine question. You should learn to dock. <laughs> I mean, put it on the forums and we'll see how many people want it. Um, this is going, uh, quite interesting. Um, our carrier is actually cross-platform. So in a PS4 game and a, an Xbox game, a PC player's carrier will be visible. Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, as Stephen was saying earlier, that they are permanent fixtures in the game, and it doesn't matter what galaxy you're 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 part of or what version of the galaxy you're part of. It's the same galaxy, which means so if an Xbox player docks at your carrier and your carrier moves and you're on PC, they're going to move with you. Excellent. Um, well, this was a bit. Uh, this one probably came from from Canon. So, um, how do fleet carriers work alongside existing mega ships? For example, Visionosis. <laughs> <laughs> Um, getting the name wrong they're, they're quite, again. <laughs> <laughs> they're quite they're quite separate entities. Um, they function fundamentally on on quite different technology behind the scenes, um, and they're going to fulfil a pretty different role in the galaxy. Um, we we kind of see megaships, uh, sorry, not megaships, fleet carriers, as a, a way of superseding the things like the the, the Gnosis. Hmm. Um, we've got uh, a question here from Commander DJ Wiley. Um, we're going to have to paraphrase it a bit. Um, will we see a balance pass on credit earning? For example, you can make a lot more credits in the power of mining low-temperature diamonds than, say, bounty hunting or repelling Thargoids, which have got high, higher risk than uh, digging out rocks. Um, for the fleet carrier update, we're focusing specifically on fleet carriers for the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this isn't something that we're, we're completely ignoring. Um, we're, we're still monitoring these the, the, the income and, and whatnot as we as we go, and if we get a chance to make improvements there, we we will. Okay. And the final question, and this is specifically to Dav. 
Oh dear. (laughs) There are rumours that you have a certain mug-related alert sound on your phone. Can you confirm or deny this? And if you do, do you still use it? (laughs) And there we have it. Thank you, Dav. (laughs) So that that brings us to the end of these, these questions. We hope we haven't grilled you too hard. I'm just excited to share. It's been so cool, like actually getting people like to to sit and play with these things for finally. Yeah, it's one of those really um, funny things when I go and speak to like the the team. Um, obviously, um, the excitement and joy of of what they do and what they're trying to bring uh, to the game. You can see it from 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 just trying to chat to them if i come over and just ask a simple question like oh what's the um what's the beta release date um it, it then comes into this whole thing about how fleet carriers can do this and the possibilities and the wonders and and how they're really excited to see people play them so it's been a really um it's been a really busy day where we've had people get first looks at them but it's also been a really exciting day and i think everybody i, I, I don't know if i could i could speak for myself but everybody in the team to say that we're all really excited to see what happens happens and really really excited to come and chat about them that's why it was really amazing of you guys for letting us come on and and kind of chat away with you about it especially after first day of, of the beta yeah it's it's been really enjoyable um i i also just kind of point out Stephen. i don't always distract you sometimes you distract me um, oh, no, i definitely i, I do some work <laughs> i definitely distract you i'm the culprit i'm just saying that you guys love to you love what you're you love what you do and you can see that in what you guys produce absolutely and i'm really confident that we can get fleet carriers into a state where they've they've really found their home by the end of the the two beta phases that we've got and i'm i'm really looking forward to what players end up doing with them when they actually get them out into the the, the main game on a quick question about that before you go, we talked about the feedback and stuff. So you've got a number of threads in the forum uh, of what they call focus feedback, where you've asked people a series of questions. And by and large, people are keeping to them. But if you had to describe your ideal feedback post to help, you know, this balancing and stuff you need to do, what would it look like? Stephen, dive in. Oh, is that, is that where I'm coming? <laughs> so, of course, um, of course, the feedback that we are really interested in is how you um, how you find the features, how you enjoy the feature, how it how it benefits your play style, how it how it can um, it can help you out, and these are all really useful. And if I wouldn't like to sit there and say I need to make sure that people can tell me, like you know, like a like a bug report, how did you start up the game, how did you jump in, how did you do that? That's obviously useful. Our, um, our issue tracker which we've got the dedicated beta issue tracker section that's good brilliant to go in but having your thoughts and feelings um about the, the product even if it is like like the uh, looking that i've said even if it is something like oh I, I i don't enjoy the uh the upkeep cost i think they're far too much um but the good thing is maybe if, if we could say like or oh, we think it's a bit too much it would be better if they were brought down or um you know if there was or if it's sorry can i just jump in on that one as well if it's if it's a case of we think they're too much i want to know why yeah why Uh, why is it too much what for what for what reason is it too much also i just noticed i'm sorry i'll just put back to the stream we've got one minute until your carrier jumps oh are you going to stay quiet if you're doing the audio for that the audio i am staying doc jess i I will crank my audio but i don't think i'm streaming it out 
Uh, <laughs> joking yeah, now. So do you want us to sit and should we should we just shut up while this happens? Don't bother. I'm not streaming the audio out to anyone, so it's fine. Ah, I've got zero seconds to do it. That's fine. Um, so so yeah, like like like. Uh, any fact which you can tell us how why and give us as much explanation there's been a lot of great feedback already actually over the forums um and on like the fleet carrier owners and the visitors the feedback has been really good it's been very descriptive it's been broken down um and even on streams we can see the, the feedback that people are given so just keep doing what you're doing there and, and like we said we, uh, it's understandable that some people might be frustrated and say things like oh i don't like this but it's still important if you don't like it to tell us why like luke said it's really important to, so that we can kind of see if there's if there's some way that we can help with that or some way that we can make things better for yeah exactly that oh, there's a little question that's just cropped up in the chat here um is there a reason the uh, triple ltd hotspot is uh, gone uh, is it the balance pass or is it just because the addition of tritium tritium sorry uh, <laughs> it's, it's the addition of tritium <laughs> uh, procedural generation unfortunately means that we can't just keep everything in place when we add new stuff you know the moment you add a new thing everything sort of shuffles around to make space for it uh, and unfortunately it's in the new place hmm. interesting um, no, that, mean, that means everybody's going to be panicked looking for a new place to mine we all need to look <laughs> for the new hotspot now hotspots <laughs> well it's elite dangerous not elite miner <laughs> <laughs> But thank you ever so much for taking the time to to join us this evening. It's um, it's been really really cool and, and excellent to have so many of you as well. It's really cool to to get you guys out um, and uh, and put names to face, well voices to faces and things. Yeah, not You're very welcome. This has been really fun. Uh, excellent. So um, we're going to let you get off if you if you need to disappear. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that was um, so I just like totally missed that. But I was just about to say again, thanks absolutely um you guys have always been fantastic with us we really appreciate you guys having us on um as soon as i said to the guys to jump on they were um excited to come onto this stream um and especially on beta day so i would like to thank you guys for having us because obviously you've been in the beta and trying it out uh, i'd like to thank the community for doing that and i'd like to thank the, the developers and uh, bruce and that are with me today who've who've worked today we've been really excited i've been really looking forward to Thank you guys so much for coming, especially on beta day when it is obviously crazy busy for all you. It's okay, the team's got oh, yeah. our backs. I need to go and check in with them soon, though. <laughs> okay, What's then. I know. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably Sol, but no, don't need to worry about that. The fleet carriers are on fire. They're all on fire. <laughs> no, we're still entering the hyperspace portal. Take it on while this. I'm stuck on phase four, and if I look at the external view, it says I'm actually at Jackson's Lighthouse. So, oh, so how can you go to? How, you can see the external view, can you? Yes, but as I say, I'm, I can't do any other than carry management view. So I was going to relog and see what happens. But anyway, we'll let the yeah. Frontier go and sort out. <laughs> okay, thank thanks you guys. so much for having us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, so thanks much. very much. Have a lovely night. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Right. We're alone. <laughs> Frontier have left the building. Around. Yes. Frontier have, have um, uh, left, yeah, left the, the chat room. So, um, guys, just a quick round of the round of table thoughts, your reactions. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I, uh, Luke is a really eloquent and 
um, and lovely chap. And uh, hearing his as as the person who who came up with uh, who, well, you know, seemed to to um, most of the burden carried most of the burden for like how they'd fit together and and what what they'd bring to the game. Um, he uh, I really enjoyed hearing his um, the way he thought about it and the, and the thought processes that go processes that went into decisions that weren't that weren't necessarily obvious beforehand um, and now are a little mm-hmm. more so. Um, so that was really cool. And also I feel, um, I feel very much that uh, it, they really are um, a lot of what, a lot of what fleet carriers are intended for is not necessarily what the devs can prescribe, you know, with certain features they can say, okay, we're doing this and this will let you do this game loop. It'll let you, it'll let you do this little fun closed loop activity, which you'll enjoy. Whereas fleet carriers aren't that they are a, a toolbox of a modular toolbox and lots of the things that they'll let you do are not immediately apparent and you can't glean from the patch notes. They take experimentation to emerge. And I think that probably we need to play with them for a bit to, for their full um, ramifications to become clear, if that makes sense. Completely. Uh, anybody else want to pitch in? Yeah, um, I want to listen to the interview back again, and I'll probably comment on my thoughts for next week because obviously there was a lot in there that I need to listen to and unpack to make sure I got the intent behind the answers rather than just what was said. Uh, for me personally, the upkeep costs need a serious, serious balance path. Because fully loaded, it will cost 7.6 billion credits a year just for the upkeep costs. And again, as I said last week, I'm still doing this value you know, equation. Is it worth it? Is it not? And they're going to need to be substantially by orders of magnitude lower for me to think a carrier is worthwhile um, for me to spend my credits on. Which is a shame, but we'll see what they come up with. Uh, it, it just doesn't, as, as a, not, I'm not talking about as a money making exploit because we kind of heard that wasn't the sole aim of them to make money, but just as a, do I feel as I can get my money's worth for my 7.6 billion credits? No. If there were 3 billion credits, nah. If there were a billion and a half a year, maybe. But that's just where I am at the moment. I need to listen back and have a think. Right. Um, okay. What we'll do for the moment then is uh, we'll take a quick advert break and we'll come back with the community news uh, which has been happening in the last week. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit. Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios, and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor, but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for 10 whole minutes while the Medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable, can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading room back to Seoul and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps. 
Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell and McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? Cowell and McGrath. Taking on any case. Playing the percentages. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I haven't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why? I feel so warm, I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. And we are back. Well, after all that uh, info dump that we've, that we've had, um, we're probably going to take a little while to decompress and, uh, and, and get back to it. So um, what we thought we'd do is we'd give the, our usual um, shout-outs and community news uh just before we all sign out today now um as steven said during the uh during um, our discussion um hot mess is very very close to completion i do believe uh cal do you want to give us the final numbers at the moment there's actually been quite a lot of people who are racing each other um to stations so in the last wee while I could see that such and such delivered a mug here before the next person did, before that next person did. Well, we are down to three remaining stations. Clark's Folly, Hughes Inheritance and Walker Point. Um, they are all within the 200 light years of Sol and we are currently um, sitting... I'll double check that. This is the latest. Uh, oh, great. 55,448 of 55,463 mugs to be delivered. So there are other stations out there, probably the, you know, those ones that are a bit further away that no one else wants to do. Um, but you're looking at only 15 mugs <laughs> left. <laughs> So basically, this could be complete before the before what we're going to discuss next. Yes, definitely. This could be finished tonight or tomorrow morning. So, yes. So we have to take our hats off to anybody who, first of all, did the hut and run to get the mugs in the first place. And then did how many light years it, it was to deliver that one solitary mug to us to a station that probably hasn't seen another player since since the game was launched <laughs> yeah thank you truckers for doing the great census 
Well, it's not the only thing that um, the truckers are up to this week. This weekend, we have virtual ECM. Um, do you want to take that then, Mr. Cow? Oh, yes. Virtual ECM it is the only thing we could think of doing to not lose out on the amazing uh, generosity and kindness from the community. And also, it's been soul-destroying um, to do all the, the work we did and put into this event. Uh, I'm, uh, my brother had put... He's physically uh, built an Artemis lighting rig and configured it in such a way that the lights glow rather than... Um, you know, you see the LED build up. So he's put tons of cash into this thing, and built it all up, and 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 recoded the whole software. We've all gone to all these kind of expensive stuff. We we're really excited to share with people at the ECM event, and um, it's really hard when that rug is pulled away and something that's one of your highlights of your year is is taken away. And because it's not just us, you know, a lot of times these events um, are an opportunity, maybe even one opportunity for people who are socially anxious to, to come out and enjoy themselves, meeting people and, and tackling those in a very safe and accepting environment, which the likes of ECM and LaveCon um, and Fantasticon are, you know, a very diverse community. And you can come as yourself and not worry about being picked on. And so to lose that this year um, is painful, to say the least. And we thought, well, we've got these raffle prizes that people wanted to give them this year. And it seems a shame for them to go back and be stored if we can create a raffle and let people do it. And well, if we're going to create a raffle, then we might as well do some bits and pieces. And then this conversation goes, well, why don't we just virtually do an ECM room and create the digital equivalent of all these different things going on that people who are maybe self-isolating, having a tough time, really struggling at the moment under the conditions that we are living under, can come along for the day and... Just join in with other players. So if you know if you're going to be playing a game on a Saturday and you think you know what it's got a multiplayer option, I've never tried it. Open it up, come along. Open it up, speak up. Say you know I'm looking for four people to come and play this game. And if there are enough people there, then off you go and play it. And then we'll be doing a, a live stream from Twitch.tv forward slash ECM Live, which is a new channel we set up especially for this. But we're not going to be doing what you would consider your typical stream of entertainment throughout the day. We're going to drop in to these different things um, throughout the day. And we've got a couple of surprises and uh, for a raffle. And then, of course, we're going to end the day with a, a Hutton Live broadcast um, just to sort of wind up the night, the day. So from 10 a.m. till probably around about 10 p.m., We'll have that stream running with what content and whatever's going on um, at that time. I think we've got an EDRPG, two sessions of that that are planned for the day, um, which is awesome. Uh, we've got so many things. In fact, I'm going to just go and double check because we've got a, a live Artemis, uh, which we're really excited about. So this wonderful rig that Moof has built, we've come up with a way 
to do it over the internet with some special guests taking roles in our, our Artemis ship. And we're hoping to have a live feed from the engine room uh, as well. So you've got to come and see that. It's going to be an absolute laugh. EDRPG with some special guests as well. We've got um, a, a live quiz. So if you've joined my quiz on a Friday night, uh, Commander Simuth has been rewriting code left, right and centre to bring in not so much new features for you, but from the back end side, we're trying to make it a lot more accessible because we've had, in these trying times, people asking if they can use it and it's set up for a madman to run um, because obviously I run it. And therefore, I get buttons that when I press, it gives me a whole pile of dogs abuse. Like, did you mean that? Or are you just being a fat-fingered fart? Um, and that, you know, so we have to tidy up an awful lot of that to make it a bit more acceptable going forward. So we've got the wonderful pub quiz. We'll have that at some point in the afternoon. We will have... Um, I'm not sure if we've got battle cards. We're going to have tabletop simulator running some games as well. Uh, we have got some Elite, obviously, um, some Sea of Thieves for the Xboxers and the cross-platform and that as well, which allows PC players to go, so we're hoping to have a couple of games of that running throughout the day repetitively as well. So um, Red Dead Redemption didn't get much love. Pulsar um, is bad. I think you're, you're going to be running some sessions on Pulsar. I'm running some sessions, but so far there's been one person saying he may, may or may not show up. I'll come, Ben. So if you've got that's these true. games, we, we have got a list of games on the ECM website. Uh, that's elitecommunitymeet.info. And you can have a look at the activities and games there so that if you have those games, um, come along and join it. I know that a lot of times Pulsar is one of these games. It was an independent game. I thought it was shit, and that's putting it mildly. I hated it. And then somebody about a year and a half later said, have you tried that game? I've never seen it. And I went, I've got six keys that I've not given to people because I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And they went, oh, well, let's go and have a look now. And we went in and we had the best day of fun. <laughs> I was so challenged in my hatred for what I'd seen. And this is the danger of Alphas, that I went back and contacted the developers to tell them that I was an inconsiderate and impatient arsehole and that their game was actually very good. And I apologise and I'll tell everybody it's good from now on. <laughs> Um, and they were really appreciative of that, but that you know, it was it was definitely it's definitely not your triple A game, but there's so many nice little things in it that you wouldn't get in a triple A game. Plus, he's doing Second Life as well. Yep, Second. That's the other one. Oh, this one's amazing. So the Second Life stuff, um, Flossie uh, has created a check-in desk. So Second Life check -in is free. Desk. Yeah, a check-in desk. So for the event, check -in. you can check -in no check. You don't, check do, in. you don't do chicken desks. When do you ever have a chicken desk? When has anyone ever said? Can you pass me the stapler? <laughs> oh yeah, and that chicken. Maybe a chicken desk is what you get your KFC over. <laughs> That's a counter. But yeah, um, so the ECM, uh, you'll be able to check in and get a T-shirt. Uh, and uh, a badge for ECM virtually in Second Life. <laughs> uh, now, if you have not played Second Life, um, I can only apologise fully if you go to the efforts of downloading it and try to get through that tutorial, because oh. that's, that's uh, oh my God, it makes pulse. Now, I know, I know some people love that game. I don't. I'm happy to say that. But then again, flip side of that, 
I've been playing Farming Simulator 19 like I am some kind of bloody expert at chopping down trees. And it's the most mundane game. I describe it as horrifically okay, but it's freaking <laughs> addictive. So, just because well, you want your crops to grow. <laughs> no, I, I don't do crops. I just go around chopping down trees and then blocking the roads. That's just my... <laughs> that's my. But you know what we want is we want people to come along and if you're having a tough time, just come along and if you just go through all the different rooms in our TeamSpeak server or you're in the Discord, just go and, and mingle with people, chat, listen to them playing the game, see if there's a spot. If there's not a spot and you've got that game fire up your game and open it up to other people in there and let's get playing lots and lots of different games uh, and just having a day where you can stop playing games go and get yourself some lunch watch the stream if we've got a wee bit of content on there for you and then come back and 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 join in other games or you join in the quiz because you fancy that and then cap the evening off by sitting down and listening to some of the most horrendous puns you'll ever hear on our Hutton Orbital live broadcast and of course that'll be capped with a little bit from Galnet uh, to Buck Naked and his top trucker uh, so many things what else is it EDRPG oh, Sea of Thieves Gang Beast Star Trek Bridge Crew um, Red Dead Redemption 2 Pulse of Lost Colony Artemis Bridge Sin we've got Retro Arcade we've got Second Life uh, Oculus Home now apparently that's that's um, something that um, we tested out last week I wasn't part of the testing but apparently the description for the participants was honking like donkeys and unable to speak. They were laughing so much. So uh, definitely get uh, a chance if you have VR to get involved in some VR multiplayer gaming. So it's an opportunity just to come along. Um, oh yeah, and of course we cap the evening off. So once we finish our Hutton broadcast at around about uh, 9pm... Our, our our very own buckyball racers are kicking off an evening event as well. So just when you think that there's nothing else that you can do and that you've wasted your day, you can do that. And what I can positively promise you, when we finish up at the end of the night, we're going into a Cards Against Humanity online game uh, <laughs> to blow off some steam and have a really inappropriate fun but we can't stream so that even if we wanted to. <laughs> I think I've managed to stream all of 15 minutes of Cards Against Humanity before I realised that I couldn't go on another card. Just <laughs> one more card was too far. So we're trying to do that. And so if you've got Tabletop Simulator and you have the Zombicide plugin and you want to play a couple of games of Zombicide, come along, just turn up on the day. I want it to, you know, we do want people to just turn up in the day who are wanting to play games and have other people join them. Um, if there's enough people to, to, to warrant that, then otherwise you might just have to, you know, it might be one of those things where you run around the whole room with your arms out saying, anybody want a game of Pulsar? And you're just Johnny No Mates. <laughs> uh, in which case you might have to put down your game of Pulsar and look for the one that needs one more person to join and finish it off. And get involved! Is Tabletop Stimulator uh, skipping proof and beer proof and things like that? Uh, it is pillbox proof, uh, if that's what you're going at. Uh, I don't yes, know that we proof. have... Because uh, I know the EDRPG, we've got an evening session and a, and a, a morning session. And these are... Um, I don't know about the morning session we're going to have on the show. 
um, showing the, the special guest playing it and then um, on the live stream and I think the evening one I'm not sure if they're streaming it somewhere else but we'll have the details on the stream throughout the day so that you can keep up with that and see who's doing what where and how to get involved and if you wanting to get involved then let us know what you're going to run get involved tell us so that we can shout it out it might not work out but you'll be a part of the day and you'll be able to have a chat with lots of people who are all playing games and looking for a bit of fun to just make Saturday that little bit different, something to look forward to. And then, if that's not enough, and we have to say a huge thank you to the amazing generosity of the Elite Community Meet crowd, who when faced with having to refund all your tickets, um, over half of you refused your refunds. Now, we'll have a chat with that with Commander Simon with the figures for that on the show to let you know exactly what that means for our charities. It means that we are not out of pocket. And PayPal, thanks to this virus as well, then revoked their fee charges. So we got to give even more to our charities. And we're going to have the raffle on Saturday with some amazing prizes. I don't even know. We're just finishing the list Today, um, unfortunately, Vantian took a little bit of a temperature, and so he's having to take a wee lie down. So he's hoping to finish that list tomorrow. But it's a massive pile of amazing prizes. Some paintings, created stuff. Ah, oh, just so many things. Will Steph be reading it? Oh, now, um, I'm not sure if we've got Steph and Draxer to do our raffle. Uh, that is our plan. Well, that's our want, but whether or not they are up for it is another thing altogether. We'll find that one out soon. <laughs> Um, we need to find Steph and Sissner, do we? Yeah, so we're going to work out the raffle over the next couple of days and get that sorted so that when you join us on the live stream that you can buy raffle tickets and be part of that. And we'll draw that raffle in the middle of the afternoon and get those prizes. It's not digital prizes. We weren't too worried about the digital prizes because obviously you can easily give them out over a stream. But it was more concerning that we had all these wonderful physical th crafted prizes, 3D printed stuff, and people had gone to real effort to do them, and it just seems so unfair to let them sit and collect dust for a year. Oh, this! Thanks, Kazen! Kazen's just reminded me. Commander Dog's Breath. Now, I don't know if any of you kept up with the um, Aurora Australis. Australia. Oh, for fart's sake. It's tritium and tritium again. The Austri <laughs> oh, Aurora Australis. Is that right? Uh, which is the so, yes. last of the Australian icebreakers. Commander Dog Breath was working on the boat, took a Hutton mug, or a few, uh, and got loads of photographs with the various captains, staff, workers, scientists, as they did the last run in that uh, boat this year. And we had the photographs, the tweets and videos sent on from all the different stages as they went on their last journey. The sad news about the dwindling populations of penguins, the signs that they're seeing of the polar caps melting further and all these kind of stuff. So it was very um, bittersweet, but beautiful to see science in the work. And at the end of it all, they signed these mugs and have sent them back to us. And we are going to put one of these mugs into the raffle so that you can have an opportunity to win these special, unique 
mugs along with a pen crafted with metal from the actual boat. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's what I believe. Now, if I'm speaking out of turn and Dave will kick my arse if I get it wrong, that's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> um, but that's why I, I took away from what he said. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that is the case. We'll obviously correct that when we put the tickets up. And then we'll have another one that we are hoping to auction off. So... Um, Again, we're just really, this is the, 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 the sort of week when we're sort of slowly slotting all these details in and trying to work out how the hell we're going to do them. Um, but yeah, we're really excited now to have a virtual event that feels kind of almost, <laughs> almost enough to take the mind off the fact I should be hiring a van and loading it up tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, almost takes away from that. So we're just going to have to make it as much bloody fun as we can. And we just want you guys to come along and have as much fun as you can with us. Hey! I think that nailed it. <laughs> I mean, will there be a uh, Hutton Orbital uh, radio show this weekend? Uh, sorry, or this Thursday? Or is it all going to be for EVECM? Traditionally, we would not do a show on the Thursday before ECM to allow people to have an opportunity to get organised. Uh, we have so many little bits of technical stuff to sort out that we're going to take Thursday to sit through some of that and take the time that we can to be ready because it's going to be a long blooming day on Saturday, that's for sure. Um, so we will not have a show on Thursday night. Instead, we will move that show to the Saturday night and make it a bloody good night with some very good red wines or gins or rum or whiskey or whatever your drink of choice is. Um, it's going to be a blast. Right. Excellent. Right. Um, just before we, we disappear off, uh, there obviously there's the... We have a Galnet news from Commander uh, Pete Witherspoon coming up after the end of this show. Uh, and, of course, for this is a discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me.elitedangerous.cqc. Um there were a couple of things in the patch notes that came out today or in the last couple of days which um, took us by surprise. Just quickly, folks, um, if there are three highlights. What do people think about the delivery mission cargo now marked as, marked as mission-specific? Love a little quality of life thing. Such a simple idea. Why? Almost why didn't we have it before, but I feel bad for saying that. <laughs> um, then also this is quite big players can now block any player not just friends or pending friends fuck you certain other commanders who <laughs> I will not say their names on there uh, I see so basically good thing I think it's a brilliant oh, yeah. thing it's not just um uh, it, 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 it's a brilliant thing, not just because it's it'll be much easier than the old um, send a friend request block quickly revoke, but yeah. um, but also I, I think it's a uh, it's a statement of intent. Um, the the old system was a, a sort of sitting on the fence in terms of what uh, what kind of play style and what kind of behaviour from players um, frontier were were keen on supporting or endorsing, and I think the fact that they've um, that they they've let you just block anybody regardless of your relationship with them or whether you've encountered them or not is a, is a very clear statement of intent that no, we want this to be a certain kind of game. Um, 
and uh, and and that's that's quite brave, really. And uh, similarly to what we were saying earlier about how fleet, it, you know, it is a bold move to emphasise so much that fleet carriers are not for everyone. Similarly, I like the fact that they have said that no, this game is not necessarily for everyone. If you're if you're just into seal clubbing, then other people should have the right to not have to not have to encounter you. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's an absolute brilliant um, development, and I shall be using it a bit. Excellent. And finally, uh, and this was the big one for me. It was undocumented. Stephen mentioned it in the uh, uh, in the conversation we had. You can now actually start a trying to match a CQC game from your friends list in game. I think that's awesome. So snap. Um, yeah, if if people haven't seen this uh, in the beta in the friends list, you can uh, basically set up uh, a CQC game, or say you're looking for a certain CQC game, and what will happen is in as you're flying along in in the background, it will process until it finds a match, and then you're taken out of your ship, which is and you're you're exited out of the game and put into a CQC match. So um, I th- I think. That has been a, a feature which has been cried out for for, well, I think ever since CQC went in, and it is just nice to see that such a um, often ignored feature finally gets a little bit of uh, attention. Absolutely, yeah, I'm super super pleased to see that, and and um, uh, long may it continue. And um, fantastic that um, that. A couple of people at Frontera still looking at CQC. Excellent. Right. Well, um, just quickly before um, I did the, do the sign-out, has anybody got any final business? Yes, oh, I mean, have. Oh. Go, Sean. Cow, bathroom status, please. <laughs> um, we have a sink and taps. Same as last time. Well, there you go. Unfortunately, my uh, my Tyler is now isolating. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's feeling a lot better. His medication is working better for him. Um, it's still early to know if it's a full reversal or whether or not there's a worse ahead. Um, but he, because of the medication being uh, an immune suppressant, he is currently in the yes. lockdown and therefore... Those tiles are remaining in their boxes for the foreseeable until this whole thing's over. But my wife has a, a sink and taps that she can now use, so we're far more functional than we have been, and that's cool. Excellent. Ben, did you have something? I was going to say, are we wanting to do the community question, or should we save it for next week? Well, the community question is the same as last week, which is, um, what should the fuel rats call their new fleet carrier? I was thinking of the Roland. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up on facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. You can also, we also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, uh, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. 
please do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you would like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, 8.30 uh, British Summertime and streamed out on braveradio.com slash live. So thanks to uh, Dav, Stephen, um, Luke and Bruce, or Stephen, 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 uh, for joining us today. Uh, and of course, thanks to um, uh, Shan, thanks to Souverine, uh, thanks to Ben, and of course, thanks to uh, Cal for being doing marvelous tech. But until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Digest, 7th of April, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, fleet carriers revealed to be useless. Deep Space Discord. Why not try some tritium? Fleet carriers revealed to be useless. Early work by armchair scientists has revealed that the new fleet carriers are utterly, utterly useless. Not only do they cost 5 billion credits, which is directly contrary to the first directive, which says that everything in the galaxy should be available to all commanders immediately, without anything but the most minimal effort required. And not only do they have an upkeep cost, which is contrary to the second directive, which states that commanders can only gain credits, not lose them. But they're also highly deficient in key features, which means that no one will ever want to purchase one. For a start, fleet carriers take an appreciable amount of time to spin up their hyperdrives. 
The ship needs to go through a period of preparation during which trades are completed and any visiting commanders who do not wish to travel have the opportunity to go ashore. On arrival at its destination, the fleet carrier must cool down its drive before preparations can begin for the next jump. This means that commanders who launch from a fleet carrier to explore have a reasonable expectation that it'll still be there when they return an hour later. And it also means that the galaxy map will not go completely crazy with fleet carriers winking in and out of a system with the brevity of fireflies. But it is clearly just not good enough. If you want to take your fleet carrier to the very far side of the galaxy, to Semitus Beacon, it will take you three or even four weeks. Where is the instant gratification in that? Something the size of a space station should of course be able to jump faster and further than any exploration ship. Secondly, fleet carriers have neither a missions board nor a universal cartographic sales point. This means that fleet carriers are unable to disrupt local economies in unpredictable and exciting ways, and that explorers will be unable to sell their exploration data to their own fleet carrier, meaning that they will occasionally have to return to civilization to earn the money to keep their fleet carrier running and to make their bank balance look unfeasibly, bulgingly enormous. Fleet carriers are also not able to jump far enough, cannot be operated by anyone other than the owner and their crew, the ability to store commodities is useless, or at any rate would be useless if commanders were allowed to store commodities in starports, they need to be refuelled every two jumps, and yes, you can store tritium on board, but why let facts get in the way of a good moan? And they're utterly, utterly useless for power play. They're not much good for CQC either. The Pilots' Federation has been positively besieged by a grateful community of commanders ready to not buy fleet carriers, even if they could afford them, and campaigning very, very noisily for absolutely everything about fleet carriers to be changed. Meanwhile, Operation Ida is investigating how fleet carriers will be able to streamline station repair. The East India Company is trialling them for use at their trading post. And the Hutton truckers are going to make sure you really can buy an anaconda at Hutton Orbital, or at any rate, pretty close by. And limpets. Limpets are at a premium at the Proxima end of the Alpha Centauri system. Deep Space Discord In related the fuel rats and the hull seals have lodged complaints against the people behind Fleetcom and the Distant Worlds Expeditions, who are planning to create a network of fleet carriers at strategic points around the galaxy. To be known as the Deep Space Support Array, these fleet carriers will be stationed permanently, and will provide the opportunity for explorers and other commanders in the area to stop off to repair, to change loadouts, and even to switch to other ships. This mesh of safe harbours will take away much of the risk of long-distance travel and provide social hubs. Indeed, they may in due course become colonies in their own right, with commanders living their entire careers out there and never having to return to the bubble. This could be the opportunity to shape the galaxy for ourselves without the need to get the Pilots' Federation involved. 
However, the fuel rats are reported to have raised their complaint because Fleetcom was intending to provide refueling facilities on Deep Space Support Array fleet carriers. The fuel rats claim that refueling should be the prerogative of the fuel rats alone. And the wholesales are believed to have similarly complained that ship repair should be carried out only on their fleet carriers. Accordingly, each location in the Deep Space Support Array will now have three fleet carriers, one for refueling, one for repair, and a third for outfitting and shipyard. The Galactic Mapping Project will record the locations of these little clusters of fleet carriers on EDSM, little beacons of uneasy truce between explorers, filling station operatives, and mechanics. Why not try some tritium? There has been confusion this week about how to pronounce the name of fleet carrier fuel. Tritium is a rare heavy isotope of hydrogen, with not none, not one, but with two neutrons in its core, making it roughly three times heavier than plain old hydrogen, and a third again heavier than deuterium. Ice made using tritium is not only denser than water, therefore sinking to the bottom, it is also radioactive, in a way that makes it pretty handy for nuclear fusion. It can be created using cosmic ray bombardment or by irradiating lithium, and is found in large quantities in icy asteroid belts as surface or subsurface deposits, or in the tritium store. It can be pronounced in one of two ways, tritium or tritium. The pronunciation tritium is incorrect. And anyone heard using this form must try harder. And that is this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>